Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Folks, this is Peter Boykin from MAGA First News on MAGA One Radio, part of the MAGA Network. So, migrant caravans arrive while Florida faces recount deadline, and Avanti fouls exoneration after his arrest. So, there's a video, there's a little picture of two Central American migrants walk along the top of the border structure separating Mexico and United States Wednesday on November 14th in Tijuana, Mexico. Migrants and a caravan of Central Americans scrambled to reach the U.S. border, catching rides on buses and trucks for hundreds of miles in the last leg of their journey Wednesday as the first sizable group begins arriving in the border of the city of Tijuana. And there they are just hanging out on top of the border. We need to build the wall a lot taller. So, developing now, caravans of Central American migrants reportedly began arriving by the hundreds at the U.S.-Mexico border on Wednesday. And Florida counties face a 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time deadline on Thursday to complete recounts in the U.S. Senate and gubernatorial races. And a federal judge has ruled that Georgia's gubernatorial uh, race cannot be verified until specific absentee value val uh, ballots have been counted. Well, meanwhile, Michael Avenetti, the lawyer for adult film star Stormy Daniels and potential presidential candidate, <laughs> was arrested Wednesday on domestic violence allegations. That's going to be wonderful for your campaign. You're the most qualified Democrat candidate right now, besides Hillary who's, you know, killed a lot more people than you. Avenetti has denied all the charges and vowed he will be exonerated. 
Now, and meanwhile, Keith Urban won Entertainer of the Year at the CMA Awards as co-hosts Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood earned praise for keeping politics out of the annual award show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. The lead story. Migrant caravans are here. Splintered groups on Central American migrant caravans began arriving at the U.S.-Mexico border on Wednesday with more on the way. Oh, great. Authorities had been dealing with a group of 357 migrants who arrived in Tijuana aboard nine buses on Tuesday. Migrants arrived in Tijuana by the hundreds Wednesday. <sighs> Several hundred people from the caravan got off buses and made their way to a shelter on the Mexico side near the border to line up for food. Really, they already showed up for food. Great. Tomorrow's Democrats. Uh, dozens were seen scaling the steel border fence to celebrate their arrival, chanting, Yes, we could! Oh, great. That sounds familiar. Several Border Patrol agents in San Diego watched them through the barrier separating U.S. and Mexico. Now, the bulk of the main caravan appeared to be 1,100 miles from the border, but the recently been moved hundreds of miles a day uh, by hitching rides on trucks and businesses. Uh, no, trucks and buses. <laughs> U.S. Defense Secretary Jim Mathis, meanwhile, visited U.S. troops on the U.S.-Mexican border, saying that in some ways it provides good training for war. Mathis defended the use of active-duty troops on the U.S.-Mexican border, saying that in some ways it provides good training for war, and that is analogous with the 1916 deployment to counter the Mexican Revolutionary General Francisco Pancho Villa. Most of the troops are in Texas, more than 1,500 miles from where Wednesday's caravans were arriving. Well, they got to get on the move on. So uh, Tucker Carlson said caravans' arrival must be embarrassing for skeptics. I mean, because they were like, they're not going to come, us. they're not going to come here, we don't need a wall, nobody's invading us, oh, we don't need a wall. Guess what, we need the wall, and we need it to be taller, because like they're saying, they might break it down. It's like a zombie horde of illegals have just showed up at our borders asking for brain, fresh food, welfare, uh, jobs, welfare. Florida, and meanwhile, Florida faces a recount deadline. Florida's U.S. Senate and gubernatorial races are likely to remain in flux after the deadline for the election recount passes. Tension is high as 67 counties race toward a 3 p.m. Eastern deadline. Tick-tock, 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 deadline Thursday to finish the recount. Many counties have completed their machine recounts, but larger Democrat... <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, many counties have completed their machine recounts, but larger Democratic strongholds were racing to meet the deadline. No less than six federal lawsuits have been filed so far in Tallahassee. In a key court battle, a federal judge said he is unlikely to order election officials to automatically count thousands of mail-in ballots that were rejected because the signatures on the ballots did not match signatures on file. Now, U.S. District Ju Mark, uh, Judge Mark Walker, however, did say he was open to giving voters extra time to fix their ballots. 
Now, Palm Beach County looked like it could miss the Thursday deadline, even though incumbent Democratic U.S. Senator Bill Nelson and Democrats filed lawsuits seeking to suspend it. However, Fox News' Griff Jenkins reports, um, Leroy Jenkins, no, uh, Jeff uh, Griff, Griff Jenkins reports it appears Broward County will make the deadline. You better step it up. In addition, Florida election officials asked federal prosecutors to look into allegations state Democrats sent faulty forms to voters in four counties that could have resulted in mail-in ballots being disqualified. According to Fox News, they confirmed this on Wednesday. And I think we talked about this before. They um, sent forms that had the wrong turn-in dates, which caused all sorts of problems. Now, Trump says disaster... Disaster, Brenda Snipes should be removed as election head, and I think she's going to be stepping down, thank God. So, insurmountable, but no concession in Georgia. A federal judge ruled Wednesday that the results of governor's, no, the results of Georgia's gubernatorial race cannot be certified until certain absentee ballots have been counted. The ruling by the U.S. District Judge Steve Jones came hours after Republican Brian Kemp claimed to have insurmountable lead over Democrat Stacey Abrams, who is seeking to become the first black woman elected governor in the U.S. In the U.S., that's pretty cool. Uh, Jones ruled that each county's certified vote tally must include absentee ballots on which the voter's date of birth is missing or incorrect, an order that stems from a request in a lawsuit filed by the Abrams campaign over the weekend. So we'll see what happens. So, domestic violence cloud for Stormy Lawyer. <laughs> stormy cloud over a stormy porn, creepy porn lawyer, Michael Evanetti, a frequent President Trump critic and the attorney for adult film star, attorney, uh, uh, film star Stormy Daniels. He made bail Wednesday evening after his arrest earlier on domestic violence charges and said he will be fully exonerated. He later appeared before a group of reporters, again denying the accusations and thanking the LAPD, who he said had no option in light of the allegations. I have never struck a woman. I will never strike a woman. I'll never have sex with... Oh, sorry. I have been an advocate for women's rights my entire right, uh, career, and I'm going to continue to be an advocate. I am not going to be intimidated from stopping what I'm doing, according to Michael Avenetti. So Avenetti was formally charged with felony domestic violence, and his bail was sent to 50000 bucks. LAPD officer Rosario Herna told Fox News, It's not a good face for the Democrats in 2020, according to the special report panel that broke down Avani's arrest. Yep, not a good look, but you know, he'll probably be the one they elect. So, the CMAs went politics-free. Thank God, politics-free zone at the CMAs. While most award shows are full of politically charged opening monologues and acceptance speeches, the CMA Awards made a conscientious effort to avoid political banter during country music's biggest night in which Keith Urban won top honor as Entertainer of the Year. Unlike other star-studded events, CMA hosts co-hosts Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood vowed the show wouldn't be filled with political satire and the country superstars kept their word. Thank you. As the biggest names in the genre took the stage during Wednesday night show at Nashville's Bridgestone Arena, 
Politics was not a topic of discussion. Instead, the CMAs began on a somber note with Garth Brooks leading a moment of silence for the 12 people who were killed at the Southern California Country Bar last week. Tonight, let's celebrate their lives. Let the music unite us with love, according to Brooks. Thank you. And if you want to find out the winners of the 2018 Country Music Awards, I think America was a winner on this case, um, you can check out, I think they've got the list on Fox News. So this is Peter Boykin from MAGA First News on MAGA One Radio, part of the MAGA Network. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to help us out, you can join our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash peterboykin. Or you can also help me directly at paypal.me slash News. God bless. Signing off.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Peter Boykin from MAGA First News on MAGA One Radio, part of the MAGA Network. So, Monica Lewinsky is telling all in a new interview that details her affair with former President Bill Clinton and how the scandal forever changed her life. A&E confirmed the 45-year-old provided an in-depth reflection about the shocking events in a six-part docu-series titled The Clinton Affair. From Academy Award and Emmy-winning producer Alec Gibney's Jigsaw Productions, as well as Emmy-winning director Blair Foster, the special aims to examine the jaw-dropping events that led to the now 72-year-old's impeachment, which occurred on December 19, 1998. It seems like yesterday, but, you know, much a long time ago. Lewinsky and her parents, as well as those close to the Clintons, including former senior advisor Sidney Bluffenmel and former lawyer Bob Bennett, participated in a documentary. I'm kind of looking forward to hearing this. Foster previously told The Hollywood Reporter that while the Clintons are aware of the project, they themselves are not involved in the series. Of course they're not. They're looking on how to try to figure out how to, uh, you know, knock somebody out. Watch out. Watch out. So I don't talk about this very often, and I still feel uncomfortable talking about it because I think it's one of those things where it's not as if it didn't register with me that he was the president. Lewinsky reflected in the documentary. Obviously it did, but I, I think in one way, the moment we were in the back office of the White House for the first time, the truth is that I think it meant more to me that someone who other people desired had desired me, however wrong it was, however misguided. For who I was at that very moment at 22 years old, that's how I felt. Lewinsky was a 21-year-old recent college graduate from Los Angeles when she began working at the White House as an unpaid intern. Oh, she was paid. In July 1995, it didn't take long for her to have, quote, strange encounters with other interns. One in particular was this girl gushing over about the president, she recalled, talking about how handsome, oh, he's so dreamy, he's so handsome, he was. And just remember thinking to myself, ew, this is an old guy with wiry gray hair. How could she find him attractive? But I didn't get it until the first time I was really in his presence. Lewinsky says her feelings changed when she saw Clinton at an event. I was struck in a way that he had this ability to hold everybody that was there. Everybody is sort of starry-eyed at his presence. I kind of have a laugh my young self because that's when my crush started. Lewinsky revealed that between August to October, the pair shared a number of flirtatious encounters. However, things escalated in November of 1995 during the federal government shutdown. In terms, had taken on roles of furloughed, 
federal employees. Lewinsky described that at one point there was a small staff birthday party with Clinton present. I realized that the top of my underwear had been showing my thong underneath. I thought, well, I'll up the game. I knew he was walking out of the room, and instead of putting my trousers up like I would have done in my any other incidents, I didn't. It was unnoticeable to everyone else in the room, but he noticed. I just remember him asking me questions. Where did you go to college? Things like that. I don't think at that point in my life my heart had ever bet so fast. I blurted out, you know, I have a crush on you. And he laughed and smiled and asked me if I wanted to go to the back office, and I did. It was a dark, and he eventually asked me if he could kiss me, and I said yes. After a little time, I went back to my desk, and at some point later in the evening, I was the only person in the office. And he came back in and said, if you want to meet me in the back study in 10 minutes, you can. So I did, and it became more intimate from there. Lewinsky claimed Clinton would find excuses to see her, and the two would plan on how they could accidentally bump into each other. Nothing long with a little bump and grind. <laughs> He had a private personal office. Uh, that's where every intimate encounter took place. The encounters blossomed into a relationship, but no monkey business happened inside the Oval Office proper. We would talk and maybe flirt here and there, but no sexual activity happened in the Oval Office. At that point, he was in touch, or I saw him almost weekly. Lewinsky added, stressing that not every time she spent with him was sexual. Still, the relationship appeared to be on Clinton's terms. I had no way to reach him. If he had called me, I couldn't call him back. I was completely at his mercy in that way. But it's really sad to me when I look back on it. I was this 22-year-old girl working in the White House. I should have been out on the weekends meeting new people my own age and enjoying myself. And instead, I was very often stayed in my office on Saturday and Sundays, hoping he would call. However, Lewinsky was shocked when in April 1996, she was transferred from the White House to the Pentagon. This was around the same time Clinton was campaigning for a second term. I was distraught, said Lewinsky. I thought I would never see Bill again. Lewinsky felt she also wasn't the right fit for a role at the Pentagon. My experience with what was, uh, I had a military-style jacket, she joked. However, Lewinsky received phone calls from Clinton during the late hours and prompted what's 3 a.m. Who's calling? <laughs> Bill Clinton, and he's horny. Uh, from Clinton during the late hours and promised her she would return to the White House if he won the election. He would say he missed me. He'd wear his neckties I had given to him. So the relationship was ongoing, but just in a different way. I was waiting for the election to be over, waiting for him to fulfill his promise to bring me back. For the last two weeks leading up to the election, I didn't hear from him at all. I had naively invested in his promise. I had felt so deflated and so desperate, and those were the conditions, along with some other things, that led me in confiding to Linda Tripp. I just broke emotionally. However, Luisky's Insecurities vanished in early 1997 when Clinton gave her a hat pin and Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass after taping of his radio show. This was the first time we had been alone since I had been banished to the Pentagon. 
And so we moved to the bathroom and we were more intimate. There was some attention paid on me. Oh boy. And then I was reciprocating where up to that point, he had always stopped before completion on his part. Oh boy. I sort of stood up and said I wanted to move past that stage. And he finally said, okay. So that finished. And then I hugged him after. And he hugged me and off I went. Didn't notice that the dress was soiled. I went to dinner that night. None of these people said to me, hey, you got to go to the bathroom. You have stuff all over your dress. Oh, my God. It's like that, what was it, Harry Met Sally thing? Is Oh, what's this in your hair? <laughs> Lewinsky admitted that while Clinton at times was warm and affectionate, he also gave her a lot of mixed messages. In May of that same year, he wanted to end the relationship because he was struggling to step outside his marriage and leading a secret life. Lewinsky was also waiting to get a job back at the White House. I was really angry, she admitted. I, obviously, underneath that anger was the deep hurt. In July, Lewinsky sent Clinton a letter, and instead of referring to him as handsome, she described her frustrations about working at the Pentagon and how she would ultimately have to tell her parents why she left, was leaving behind a well-paying job. I ended up seeing him on July 4th. So uh, he was angry. We were in the back study, and he started yelling at me, like, it is illegal to threaten the president of the United States of America. He was so angry, and I started to cry. I never threatened to go public. I threatened to tell my parents. He immediately softened, and he was affectionate. It was a roller coaster of a relationship, led to a slow emotional unraveling on my part. That breakdown would occur in January 1998 when Tripp called the office of the Independent Council and revealed she knew about the affair, offering them taped conversations. The OIC then made Tripp set up a meeting with Lewinsky at the Ritz-Carlton. There, Lewinsky was ambushed by FBI agents and taken to a hotel room where she is held by waiting prosecutors from the OIC until late in the night. I felt so much guilt, said Lewinsky, and I was terrified. There was a point of me, point for me, where I would just be hysterically crying and then I would just shut down. And in the shutdown period, I remember looking out the window and thinking that the only way to fix this was to kill myself. I was scared. I was mortified and afraid that there was this going to be my family. And I was still in love with Bill at the time, so I felt really responsible. Lewinsky who for years kept quiet about the relationship, came forward in February for a Vanity Fair essay in which she described her ordeal as a living hell, adding that she experienced of being publicly outed and ostracized back then resulted in her being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder. So she had PTSD from messing around with Bill Clinton. That's We had PTSD from the eight years of Bill Clinton, I had PTSD from the eight years of W, and I definitely had PTSD from the eight years of Obama. Thank God for Trump. She now serves as an anti-bullying activist advocate. So the Clinton Affair premieres Sunday, November 18th on A&E, and I am definitely going to be watching that drama. So uh, this is Peter Boykin from MAGAverse News on MAGA1 Radio, part of the MAGA Network, and if you want to help us out with our Patreon, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Peter Boykin. It's Patreon.
paypal.com slash Peter Boykin. If you'd like to help out directly, you can join the paypal.me slash MAGA First News. Check out MAGAFirstNews.com. And don't forget to listen to our radio station, MAGA One Radio. Peter Boykin signing off. MAGA First News. My name is Peter Boykin, and I am the host of MAGA First News on MAGA1Radio.net, part of the MAGA Network. And the MAGA Network's mission is to make America great again for everyone, and we include everybody from all sides. But lately, as it seems, you have people like Maxine Waters, who is going out and telling people to attack and fight 45, the people who are for 45. And so you have individuals who are getting attacked in fast food restaurants. You've got people who are dealing with the everyday onslaught of being called names. And it's gotten to the point where people are afraid to wear the MAGA hats. Well, remember during Barack Obama's eight years that people were out proud wearing Obama hats and Obama shirts. And did you see Trump supporters attacking them? No, you didn't. Because we are civil. We don't do that. Even when we're being attacked for wearing our hats, it's time for us to go out there and be proud for Trump. To be proud that we voted for Trump. To show that we won't back down. To show that we love America. It's time to hashtag coming out for Trump. I issue the hashtag Trump challenge to those to wear your MAGA hats, your MAGA apparel proudly. Wear it like you're going to a Trump rally. Be safe. Don't cause conflict. But be ready to record any incident you run into. It's time to take back America. It's time for us to show how proud we are of our president, Donald Trump. This is Peter Boykin from MAGA First News on MAGA One Radio, and I issue this challenge to everybody. We're going to make America great again for everyone. God bless. Please spread this message. Hi, this is Peter Boykin from MAGA First News on MAGA One Radio, part of the MAGA Network. So, uh, Michael Avenetti reportedly arrested on domestic violence charges. Like the title says, I guess he's in stormy waters. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Michael Avenetti, a frequent President Trump critic and the attorney for adult film star Stormy Daniels, was reportedly arrested Wednesday on domestic violence charges. I guess he's a little pissed off. He looks like somebody would cause some problems. The charges arose from alleged Tuesday incident prompting authorities to respond and take a report. An unidentified law enforcement has told the Associated Press. However, Avenetti was reportedly taken into custody on Wednesday. When asked to confirm information on Avenetti's reported arrest, an LAPD public information officer would only confirm uh, that an individual had been taken into custody on domestic violence charges. Now, the officer did not confirm that the individual was Avenetti, saying that the identity would be released after booking. Now, Avenetti did not immediately respond to uh, Fox News' request. For With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Comment. But TMZ, which first reported on Avenetti, said he had kicked his estranged spouse out of the apartment. Now, Avenetti, who in the past has said he's exploring a 2020 presidential run against Trump, garnered attention when he began representing Stormy Daniels. Now, Stormy Daniels, whose name, real name is Stephanie Clifford, has said um, she had an affair with Trump in 2006 before he was president and has sued to invalidate the confidentiality agreement she signed days before the 2016 presidential election. She also sued Trump and his personal attorney, Michael Cohen, alleging defamation. So, you know, this story's developing, folks. We'll see what happens. Uh, Meanwhile, let's see. Uh, We still got Florida. Florida's asking the U.S. to investigate irregularities as the state races toward uh, recount deadline. There's some stormy stuff going on over there. He said Florida's election officials asked federal prosecutors to look into allegations state Democrats sent faulty forms to voters in four counties that could have resulted in a mail-in ballots being disqualified. This was confirmed by Fox News on Wednesday. Now, a top attorney in the Department of State wrote a letter to three Florida governor, uh, Florida federal prosecutors asking them to investigate irregularities related to forms in Okaloosa, Santa Rosa, Citrus, and Broward counties. Now, the claims surround date changes on official forms used to mail fixed mail-in ballots, known as cure affidavits. The forms were due by 5 p.m. on November 5th, a day before the election. But records show forms sent out said the ballots could be returned three days later on November 8th. Now, in a letter released Wednesday, Bradley McKay, the department's interim general counsel, wrote, making or using an altered form is a criminal offense under Florida law. More fundamentally, altering a form in a manner that provides the incorrect date for a voter to secure a defect or an incorrect method as it relates to official ballots imposes a burden on the voter significantly enough to frustrate the voter's inability or ability to vote. Okaloosa's County Supervisor of Elections, Paul Lux, said she suspected the Florida Democratic Party was sending out altered forms on purpose, according to documents first reported by Politico. Please pass the word to the FDP. They can't arbitrarily add their own deadline to your form for VBM cures, Lux wrote. This is crazy. Citrus County Electos, um, election supervisor Susan Gill said in an email exchange she suspected Democrats as well. She claimed she called a number received by voters who had gotten an alternate form and that the number was to the Florida Democratic Party. Now the date issued is just the latest in a series highlighted in Florida as 67 counties race toward a Thursday 3 p.m. deadline for a recount. Now, Florida law mandates that an election decided by 0.5% or less will trigger a recount. Three of the Sunshine State fit the bill, with two, the race for U.S. governor and a a senator, being in the national spotlight. The undecided races include the state's Senate race, which pits incumbent Senator Bill Nielsen, a Democrat, against Governor Rick Scott, a Republican. 
and the gubernatorial race between Andrew, the Democrat Andrew Gilliam and the Republican Ron DeSantis. Who knows who's going to win? All I know is I'm tired of these elections. I'm done. I'm taking a break. All right, this is Peter Boykin from MAGA First News on MAGA One Radio, part of the MAGA Network, and we'll be back. Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who cares Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who's there Feeling unknown and you're all alone Flesh and bone by the telephone Lift up the receiver, I'll make you a believer Take second best, put me to the test Things on your chest you need to confess I will deliver, you know I'm a forgiver Reach out and Reach out and touch faith Your own Personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who cares Your own Personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone to care Feeling unknown and you're all alone Flesh and bone by the telephone Lift up the receiver, I'll make you a believer I will deliver, you know I'm a forgiver Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch me. Reach out and touch me. Excuse me. 
this is Peter Boykin from MAGA First News on MAGA One Radio, part of the MAGA Network. So the Trump team is finalizing answers to the Mueller probe questions, according to sources. Uh, so President Trump's legal team is finalizing answers to written questions from Special Counsel Robert Mueller and could submit them as soon as the end of this week, according to two sources familiar with the matter, as they told Fox News on Tuesday. The answers concern questions about whether the Trump campaign colluded with Russian officials during the 2016 presidential campaign. The president has repeatedly denied any such collusion with Roscoe. Because we know we're tired of the Russian Russian. It's not going on, folks. It's not going on. But I do not want Trump to meet with Mueller because he's just using that to go after people. It's kind of crap. I can't believe it's been in two years on this, really. Two years. Now, NBC News first reported on the progress of the legal team's response to Mueller's questions. The president's lawyers and Mueller investigators have engaged in ongoing discussions for several months about the possibility of an in-person interview with Trump. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a trap as well as the president submitting written answers to questions. Late last month, Trump's lawyers, Rudy Giuliani, told Bloomberg News that a face-to-face -face interview was off the table. Good, good. Rudy's smart. Though he did not definitively rule out the possibility. But listen to Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Trump's attorneys have repeatedly resisted answering questions about whether the president had obstructed justice by firing FBI Director James Comey in May of 2017. And the White House claims the president has the right to fire and hire executive branch officials as he sees fit in accordance to Article 2 of the Constitution. Giuliani and fellow Trump attorney Jay Sakalo uh, did not immediately respond to comments and requests for comment on Tuesday. So, I don't know if you noticed somebody else who has the, uh, <laughs> the power to fire. Melania Trump's office calls for the firing of top Bolton deputy. The office of the First Lady, Melania Trump, said Tuesday that Deputy National Security Advisor Mira Ricardale should be dismissed from her post. You fired. You fired. What happens when you get on her nerves, right? An extraordinary call that came from President Trump considers fervent shakeups in his cabinet after the departure of Jeff Sessions as Attorney General. How's your long vacation, Jeff? Hope you're enjoying it. It is the position of the office of the First Lady that Ricardale no longer deserves the honor of serving in this White House. Stephanie Grissom, Melania Trump's communications director, said in a statement. The Wall Street Journal reported Tuesday that Ricardale had clashed with Melania Trump's staff over seating arrangements on a plane during the lady's first trip to Africa last month. The paper added that the First Lady's office suspects Ricardale of leaking negative stories about the First Lady and her staff. Well, she should wear, Melania should be wearing that shirt like, I don't really care, do you. You fired. Or, how Melania Trump says it, uh, you fired. Oh, you fired. 
Wait till I tell my husband Trump. I'm going to tell my husband Trump that you should be fired. They should fire your ass. Goodbye. Shut the door. All right. The Journal also reported that Rick Ardell has spared, uh, sparred with Defense Secretary Jim Mathis over policy differences in staffing decisions. The Washington Post, citing three current and two former White House officials, reported that Ricardale had berated people in meetings and spread rumors about Mathis. The, good Lord, what is this, like a real reality show going on? The paper also reported that White House Chief of Staff John Kelly has sought Ricardale's ouster for months. Ricardale, 58, assumed the post of Deputy National Security Advisor in May, one month after Trump appointed John Bolton as National Security Advisor to replace Henry McCaster. She attended a White House ceremony Tuesday with Trump celebrating Diwali, the Hindu Festival of Lights. Now, Melania Trump traveled to Guyana, Malay, Kenya, and Egypt last month. During the trip, she told ABC News that there were th people in the White House whom she and the president cannot trust. She declined to name anyone, but said she had let the president know who they are. Well, she said, some people, they don't work there anymore. They're fired! Yay! Thank you, Melania. You're wonderful. Asked of some untrustworthy people who still worked in the White House, she said, yes. The fervor, fervor over recalled Earl's, um comes as Trump is considering changes to his cabinet they could include the departures of Kelly, Homeland Security Secretary Christian Nelson, and Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, among others. The Journal reported Tuesday that Trump is resigned to the possibility of Kelly leaving the White House if Nelson is asked to resign. A leading candidate replaced Kelly if it goes if he goes as Nick Ayers, the chief of staff for Vice President Mike Pence. So, you know, things change every day in the White House, and that's how the things work. This is Peter Boykin from MAGA First News on MAGA One Radio, part of the MAGA Network. We'll be right back with MAGA News. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the friggin' frogs gay. Serious crap. Gay. Frogs friggin' frogs. It's not funny. I'm going to say it real slow for you. Gay. Frogs. This is Peter Boykin from MAGA First News on MAGA One Radio, part of the MAGA Network. So, okay, so we've got, um, we've been talking about it, CNN's Acosta, Jim Acosta, who's been accosting everybody, who got kicked out finally after a press conference. It was a very fiery press conference with Donald Trump, you know, because he was just 
disrespectful. Trump don't handle that crap. And this is the day after the midterms. He wasn't handling that crap because we were all a little disappointed about the midterms. So, hey, guess what? Costa, you're going to get it. You should have known better. So Bob Woodard criticized CNN's Acosta's lawsuit, says media is emotionally unhinged about Trump. Now, Bob Woodard, the Pulitzer Prize-winning Watergate journalist whose recent book, Fear, described chaotic infighting at the White House. On Tuesday, criticized CNN for filing a lawsuit against the Trump administration and charged that too many media figures have become emotionally unhinged. Oh, they got Trump! Ah, what are we going to do about Trump? Ooh. You got to admit it. You got to admit it, press. Hillary would have been boring, boring news. Maybe we would have heard about other news for once, though. Speaking at the Global Financial Leadership Conference in Naples, Florida, Woodard said the remedy isn't suing the administration. It's more serious reporting about what he's doing. NBC reporter Dylan Beers first flagged Woodard's comments. CNN filed a federal lawsuit against the Trump administration on Tuesday demanding that the White House restore the press credentials of star reporter Jim Acosta. Well, their star sucks. Maybe it's deflated. All right, the administration suspended Acosta's hard pass, which, um, that's a hard pass on Acosta, uh, which provided expected access to the White House grounds after he broke protocol by refusing to surrender his microphone during a press conference last week. Acosta continued to pepper Trump with a barrage of declarative statements and questions, at times talking over Trump, until the president stepped away from the podium, even though reporters are typically afforded just one follow-up. In the news media, there has been an emotional reaction to Trump, Woodard said. Too many people for Trump or against Trump have become emotionally unhinged about this. Woodard added that CNN was taking, has taken Trump's bait by enlisting high-profile lawyer Ted Olson to pursue a federal case. This is a negative, Woodard said. Trump is sitting around saying, this is great. That sentiment was echoed in a piece in the Rolling Stone on Tuesday by Ryan Bort titled, CNN has played right into Trump's hands. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So Trump fiercely criticized Woodard after his book release earlier this year, saying he's had a lot of credibility problems. Uh, CNN's suit alleges that the White House violated Costa's First and Fifth Amendment rights by punishing him and for contents of a speech without providing notice or any due process, though the White House maintains that Acosta was penalized solely because of his behavior. None of CNN's approximately 50 other hard pass holders has lost White House access, nor have reporters belonging to any other liberal-leaning media outlet, although Trump has suggested that may change. At the testy press conference the day after last week's midterm elections, Acosta continued to shout questions at Trump even after he tried to move on to another reporter, and he refused to hand the microphone to an intern who tried to retrieve it. The litigation filed by CNN which does not fully describe Acosta's action during the press conference and contains several substantive factual inaccuracies, also inserts that the Secret Service violated the Administrative Procedures Act by taking a final agency action and penalizing Acosta without providing any notice or hearing. 
Yeah, but you've been told many times. He knew it, dude. The suit in arguing with the White House was lying about its motivations for taking action against Costa, additionally claiming that White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders shared a doctored clip of an episode on Twitter. Yet that doctor clip was just a close-up of the same clip, so you could see what was really going on. In the low-resolution GIF clip shared by Sanders, Acosta's arms moves slightly faster than it does in higher-quality footage of the press conference appearing to show him more forcefully striking the intern's arm as she tries to take the microphone from him. No, I saw the real clip, and I saw the comparison. It's the same. However, despite reporting from a wide variety of outlets that Sanders had shared a Dr. Clip, a BuzzFeed analysis suggested the changes in the video could have resulted inadvertently from the conversion of the footage to the lower fidelity GIF format. Or it could be the fact that it's zoomed in and you're going to see things go quicker than you see far away. It's called an optical illusion, folks. Which is commonly used on Twitter, they claim. The format produces fewer frames per second with a higher quality video source making scenes appear to move faster. Now, White House officials, including Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway, have acknowledged that the video was indeed sped up during the conversion process while consistently denying that the clip was purposely doctored. The lawsuit states that Sanders uses a bogus justification by claiming that Acosta had placed his hands on a young woman just trying to do her job as the White House intern. Now, in CNN, responding to CNN's suit, Sanders on Tuesday said that Acosta's behavior had impeded the ability of the president and the White House staff and members of the media to conduct business. After Mr. Acosta asked the president two questions, each of which the president answered, he physically refused to surrender a White House microphone to an intern so that the other reporters might ask their questions. I think we need to put Acosta back in the kindergarten, you know, so he can learn to take turns and raise your hand. Sanders said in a statement. Now, uh, not that last part, but uh, this was not the first time this reporter was inappropriately refused to yield to other reporters, according to Sarah. The White House cannot run an orderly and fair press conference when a reporter acts this way, which is neither appropriate nor professional. The First Amendment is not served when a single reporter of more than 150 present attempts to monopolize the floor. And believe me, this guy gets called on all the time or speaks up. So he gets called on all the time. So he's getting to be able to say what he wants. Now, according, you know, so CNN, according to the news, you know, we were talking about it, CNN does, did file a lawsuit against Trump administration to restore Jim Acosta's White House credentials. I love how everybody's got to file a lawsuit. So CNN filed a federal lawsuit against the Trump administration on Tuesday demanding that the White House restore the press credentials of the star reporter Jim Acosta after it was suspended last week. But the press secretary, Sarah Sanders, called the move more grandstanding from CNN, and I believe so, too. You got all the pe other people you can send in. Somebody that doesn't get on Trump's nerves, and he doesn't, and Trump doesn't get on his nerves. Get somebody who knows how to answer quest ask questions and shut, shut up and sit down. So the White House yanked Acosta's past after he got in a contentious debate with President Trump and refused to give up a microphone as the entire press pool looked on. It was just the latest case of Trump clashing with Acosta, the White House correspondent for the network Trump regularly derides as a purveyor of fake news. The wrongful revocation of these credentials violates CNN and Acosta's First Amendment rights to freedom of the press and their Fifth Amendment rights to due process. 
CNN said in a statement, we have asked the court for an immediate restraining order requiring the pass to be returned to Jim and we will seek permanent relief as part of this process. CNN added that the suit is specific to CNN and Acosta, uh, but said it could happen to anyone. If left unchallenged, the actions of the White House would create a dangerous chilling effect of any journalist who covers our elected officials, according to CNN. Now, Press Secretary Sanders issued a scathing statement calling the move more grandstanding from CNN and pointing out that the network has other reporters who are still allowed to enter the White House. She says, we have an advice that CNN has filled a complaint challenging the suspension of Jim Acosta's hard pass. This is just more grandstanding from CNN, and we will vigorously defend against this lawsuit, according to Sarah Sanders. CNN, who has nearly 50 additional hard pass holders, and Mr. Acosta is no more or less special than any other media outlet or reporter with respect to the First Amendment. After Mr. Acosta asked the president two questions, two questions, each of which the president answered, he physically refused to surrender a White House microphone to an intern and so that other reporters might ask their questions. This was not the first time this reporter was inappropriately refused to yield to other reporters. Sanders continued, the White House cannot run an orderly and fair press conference when a reporter acts this way, which is neither appropriate nor professional. The First Amendment is not served when a single reporter of more than 150 present attempts to monopolize the floor. If there is no check on this type of behavior, it impedes the ability of the president, the White House staff, and members of the media to conduct business. Now, last week, Acosta's press pass to access the White House was suspended until further notice after he engaged in the contentious back and forth over the migrant caravan working its way up through Mexico. Comp characterizes the caravan as an invasion, a term in which Acosta objected. Honestly, I think you should let me run the country and you run CNN, the president said. The reporter tried to ask him another question before the female White House aide walked over to him. Trump then told him, that's enough. Acosta continued to try to talk as the intern was seen trying to take the microphone from his hand. She grabbed the microphone, but Acosta wouldn't give it up, and there was brief contact between the two. Now, White House Press Secretary Sarah Saunders said the suspensions of his press credentials stemmed from his placing his hands on a young woman just trying to do her job at the White House intern, called the behavior absolutely unacceptable. But several news outlets accused Sanders of being a, using a doctored video as evidence, but the press secretary didn't back down from her direction, her decision. We stand by our decision to revoke the individual's hard pass, and we will not tolerate the inappropriate behavior clearly documented in this video, Sarah tweeted to accompany uh, the allegedly doctored video. White House counselor Kellyanne Conway has since said the video was simply sped up. An attorney for CNN and Costa followed up with a separate statement saying the law is clear that the Trump administration violated the First Amendment and due process clause. The arbitrary reprobation of Mr. Acosta's press credentials has caused irreparable injury each and every day because it has stopped him from reporting on news from the White House, attorney Theodore J. Brotress Jr. said. The White House Correspondents Association, of which White Fox News is a member, issued a statement in support of CNN's decision to take legal action. Of course, of course you would, Fox News. Really? Thanks, Fox News, for always taking the side. Oh, God, liberal. That's why I don't like Fox News half the time. That's why they never had me on their show.
Uh, good Lord. We continue to, I urge we go to Owen, go to Newsmax. That's just going to help me. And then just pay attention to the, only the main key programs. Sean Hannity, Waters, Judge Janine, um, Ingram, um, and Tucker. That's about all you need to pay attention to. And if you want comedy, Greg Gutfield. Now, says we continue to urge the administration to reverse course and fully reinstate CNN's correspondent. WHCA President O'Leary Knox said, the President of the United States should not be in the business of arbitrarily picking the men and women who cover him. Acosta has emerged as a hero of the resistance after making a habit of shouting and interrupting when Trump and members of his administration are available to the media. He has been praised by people such as comedian Jimmy Kimmel, but is often criticized by Trump supporters. Earlier this year, Trump kicked the CNN star out of the Oval Office after Acosta badgered the president with racially charged questions. Acosta has also give, gotten into competitive arguments with other members of the administration, including former press secretary Sean Spicer, management and budget director Mick Mulhavy, and senior policy advisor Stephen Miller. Hey, don't you know that only Trump can be the um, wild card in the White House? Not you, Mr. Acosta. You fired. You know the exit. You've been out there plenty of times before. This is Peter Boykin from MAGA First News on MAGA One Radio, part of the MAGA Network, and thanks for tuning in. God bless. This is not simply another four-year election. This is a crossroads in the history of our civilization that will determine whether or not we, the people, reclaim control over our government. This election will determine whether we're a free nation or whether we have only the illusion of democracy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.